I like kind of like realized that like this is like this is something I really like want to do and this is like something I really want to spend some time doing and like putting some thought into it because like that feeling of like plugging in the, the like plugging in and like selecting that first song and like queuing it up and pressing play on like the big speakers and like that feeling that it gives like back at the back of your neck is just like cannot be replicated. Welcome back to another episode of Struggle Creates Strength. Struggle Creates Strength is a mental health platform exemplifying that everyone has a story. I always say that no two stories are the same, but every story has the potential to help someone else. On today's episode, we are joined by 19-year-old Colton Waddell. Colton, to say the least, is a very creative, passionate, and strong human being. He's encountered some things in his life that have definitely shaped his life, but he is here today to share those experiences, share how he actually learned why he is so passionate about music and why he has used music as a coping mechanism for some of his mental health struggles in his life. Colton is one of the strongest people that I know and he and I, we clicked instantly and just hearing his passion in his voice and hearing why he enjoys creating music and creating art and connecting with people on a different form is amazing. He takes his job very seriously and I think anybody that knows him can speak super highly on him because of his passion and because of the way that he presents himself. I hope everyone enjoys this episode as much as I did filming it. And just remember that everyone has a story. Welcome my man Colton to the Struggle Create Strength podcast. First and foremost, thank you so much for actually coming on, coming to my house filming this with me. I think it's going to be amazing. And just from the little bits and pieces that you have shared with me about your story, it's really proven a lot. And I think your story will obviously take, take others by surprise and it'll obviously speak to your character and who you really are. So first and foremost, though, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Of course. Yeah. I, uh, I know when we sat down, we talked, we obviously covered basically every last aspect of your life and that was, that was fun. It was a good time and obviously learned so much about you in such a short period of time. But I think this, this time that we have sitting down and actually kind of dissecting some of those deeper topics of your life and some of those moments when your life kind of changed and altered and what brought you to those stages, I think, uh, I think it'll be pretty amazing and just you as a you as a whole is pretty amazing person so of course thank you very much um but yeah like i think first just really explain to everyone that's listening kind of like who you are and what you're best known for which i obviously know and a lot of people that are listening probably know as well but who is who is colton basically oh. <laughs> i don't even know if i even asked that um I would say, um, hmm. well, I would say, I don't even know how to explain that. <laughs> That's such a good question. Well, first of all, my name's Colton. Um, and I am 19 years old, uh, born in 2001, um, born and raised in Kelowna, beautiful BC, and um, I like to create and just do cool things and that uh, usually is evolved around music because I feel music kind of like runs my life. So. Um, yeah, just creating and doing things that are kind of outside the box is kind of like my mojo and kind of what I like to do. Um, not really doing things that anyone else is kind of doing is kind of like how I like to do things and just paying attention to the details. Because mm -hmm. not a lot of people pay attention to the details. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, I actually love that. I think almost in a sense like being different is 
the best thing that can possibly be. Like, why would somebody want to be like everyone else around them? And why would somebody... Boring. Yeah, exactly. You're following... Like, I always say this, but why do you want to follow in somebody else's footsteps? Like, why not basically create your own path and follow exactly what you want to follow? And mm-hmm. just from us, all the little conversations that we've had, um, and they're basically in the past week, which yeah. <laughs> it feels like yeah, a lot longer, longer but... Yeah. Um, in the past week, I've actually gotten to see how passionate you truly are about music and about creating and really just being like exactly who you are. And even when we sat down, and I want you to elaborate on this a lot, but when we sat down and you spoke about how important the music is to you and when you go and you perform, you, I don't want to give it away, but you basically, you talked a lot about how you're there to perform and you're there to create and you're there to really be in your mode and you're not like a lot of the other artists where they're there just to party and have a great time kind of get into that like how did you like why aren't you like the majority of other creators and artists and different performers in general that's the easiest way to explain that is because I started doing it um, at such a young age and Doing it at a young age, I also wasn't legal to drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and I also don't really like alcohol. Is not really like my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, never really has been. Um, wasn't really into like partying in high school. It's kind of just like doing my own thing. And I would actually like the easiest way to explain that would be, I actually didn't really hang out with a lot of people. And when I was younger, like I kind of always did, like kind of my own thing and kind of. Um, yeah, I didn't really hang out with a lot of kids when I was younger. I was actually talking to my grandma about this this morning. Um, mm-hmm. Just like looking back in my childhood, I kind of hung out with adults a lot of the time because with my dad and like his friends, and like he's the one kind of pushing me in the music direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of I was I was a kid that hung out with adults when I was younger, so mm-hmm. I kind of like saw them party and I saw them do their thing and it didn't really interest me but I always liked the music aspect of like partying with them mm-hmm. and uh, yeah the easiest way to put it is to why I don't really like partying and like mixing business with partying because the, the job is about partying essentially like mm-hmm. you are the party um, I just like to separate the two because I started at, at such a young age but like, with like not being able to drink alcohol I wasn't really like something that conflicted with one another mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of other artists there's nothing wrong with drinking or like having the fun with the partying but it's just not really my type of thing and I like to just like easiest way to explain it would be like I get high off of doing the music sober I have more fun doing it sober than I do mm-hmm. um, under the influence yeah. of uh, alcohol or drugs whatever mm-hmm. um, but yeah I just honestly just like really like doing it and it's just like super enjoying it I also like take notes while I am doing it sober as like putting it towards future sets and things like that too like if you're under the influence of drugs or alcohol a lot of the time you're not really like paying attention to like what's going on you're kind of just like going with it Mm -hmm. and I feel like if you're uh, if you're sober I can just like take notes or like see what songs go together and take a picture of that and like save it and put it down in my notes for later type of thing so Mm -hmm. 100% but yeah yeah no I, I love that I I, I think that again, like obviously, it speaks to who you are and your character, but it also really proves how serious you really are about this and how this is. It's not only a passion, but it's like yes, it's obviously a passion, but it's something that you genuinely care about, something that you genuinely want to have as your future, and kind of run us through like what's your everyday sort of everyday sort of life with within the like the music industry and within the creativity industry where like how often are you how often like how much time are you really putting into this and how how often are you creating new stuff or like what is what does it basically consist of to step into your shoes and do exactly what you do by all means I could probably put way more effort into it but that's just like <laughs> the perfectionist mindset yeah exactly with like, yeah, especially with like my dad and how how he is with his art it's go 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 never stop mm-hmm. oh you're sleeping oh there's no time to sleep you're <laughs> sleeping older that's kind of like how his mentality is and there's nothing it's like really a um, motivating mindset to be into it's just like yeah you can like sleep when you're older but um, 
yeah, I could easily be putting in way more work, but it's also too, when the industry is like where it's at right now, especially with like the global pandemic going on, it's kind of hard to like get motivated sometimes to like do things, but like mm-hmm. also setting yourself up for success when things do open back up is kind of like where we're all, where we're all at at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, creating for like the long run and like long term sorry versus like short term and like normally you'd be able to like make a track or like put out a mix and like people would be listening to it or like partying or doing something with it associated with that mix or that song or we would be able to play it at the club that weekend but like now you can't it's like only posted to like streaming platforms or if you're like doing a live stream of some sort so mm-hmm. i would say uh in the daily life um I could easily spend a lot more time creating music for myself, but like, um, what inspires me to like keep doing it or like not necessarily keep doing it, but like that inspires me to go do it is like listening to like my friend's success or like, um, for example, like seeing on Instagram, seeing people record cool, like live DJ sets. It's kind of like if I'm driving down the road, I can just like picture our setup and like see us like the background or the backdrop and be like, okay that would be a cool spot to film. So I would take a picture of it where I have like a, I'm listening to a song and I put on the radio, like a radio on Spotify and I like listen to songs that are similar to that. And that's how like, I like find new music for sets or like mm-hmm. listen to other DJs live sets and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I would say the last like four months has been like, I've been dedicating a lot more time to like creating music and like kind of getting into my own flow of create creativity versus like using other people's music because like there's a certain point that I personally feel I don't know how other people feel but I feel like there's a certain point where you get um, to where like you kind of get sick of playing other people's music and you kind of want to create your own but it's actually also like really scary putting yourself out there and like seeing what people and think and how they perceive of like what your music is so I actually have a tough time um, putting myself out there when it comes to like allowing people to listen to what I create I kind of like keep it to myself and I'm also like not super confident in it yet mm-hmm. so I really hope that like this year I can like really put more I'm not going to say strength more like it's the right word I guess like strength but more like confidence into like mm-hmm. releasing my music and being okay with where it's at because there's like there's people in the industry that I look up to that have been doing it for like 20, 30 years and there's also people that have been doing it for one to two years and it's just kind of like it's you it's not someone else so you can't really like imitate it mm-hmm. you kind of just kind of like let it see and see what happens and like if you're nothing's perfect so you kind of just have to release it and see what happens so that's something sure. I work on for sure this year yeah and uh, for like long term too yeah no that's yeah that's awesome that's super exciting and I think like setting yourself up before everything opens is like such a smart mindset to have and obviously having your name out there having your music out there just ultimately really making a name for yourself and continuing on that name for yourself is so 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 important and obviously like again it just it proves how passionate you are and I think that's amazing but prior to all of this pandemic stuff run us through some of those like, I guess, I, I don't even know how to really put it, like some of those endorphin highs where you went and you went and performed. Like, you were telling me about a couple of the <laughs> couple of the shows that you did, and obviously you did them at such a young age, but really just give us all an insight on some of the places and the success that you actually have already had, and obviously where you where you hope to take that once everything back, like opens back up and everything. Mm-hmm, definitely. I would probably say, like, one difficult thing before I touch on performances I would say one difficult thing that's like that's kind of like put a hindrance on like my mindset and like how like my effort is is that like I feel with before with like opportunities I've been given a lot of them have been like I would say luck and like being at the right place at the right time and meeting the right people and networking Mm -hmm. with with those people like there's people that there's so much work behind the scenes and they put in so much work and they get like those great opportunities every like few like every few years and they don't even get those opportunities so they're like maybe five ten years into the business and like Mm -hmm. I was only a couple years in I got given one of the greatest opportunities and that was to perform at Chambala 
when I was 17 and that was like it kind of like I was super grateful for the opportunity but also kind of like put a hindrance on on like my mindset about music because it kind of made things seem easy in a mm-hmm. sense because it was kind of like oh here like here's the best music festival in Canada and like got voted for the best music festival in North America last year like here here's that opportunity like go with that and I hadn't even had any music released yet or like anything really but on the pop that was kind of more on the negative side but on more on the positive side it's like if your intentions are pure those kinds of opportunities come to you if you're doing it because like you really want to like do something that's you and do something that's like different from like what people are doing and you're doing something that like actually like that makes you happy and that makes you passionate mm-hmm. then God will provide those opportunities for you. And for if sure. you're like putting that energy out there, that like it'll be reciprocated. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, definitely. When I was 17, playing Shambhala was like pretty massive. I didn't really clue into like how big of an effect that was until probably a couple of weeks after the fact, and was like, "Well, that was pretty, <laughs> that was pretty scary." Yeah, yeah I just kind of like went up. I just kind of went and did it, and was kind of like, "Oh yeah, cool." And then like after the fact, I was like. I still think about it every day. It still gives me goosebumps thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, probably, it doesn't really seem like that very big, like a big deal, like performance-wise, but um, performing at UBCO during uh, White T-shirt, and that was like Frosh Week. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of the first instance that my friends. And, like, the people that I went to school with and the people that I, like, grew up around kind of, like, got to see, like, what I was doing. Because a lot... It was actually, like, really tough when I was younger um, doing this music thing. Like, it, now that people, like, clue in and go to music festivals and kind of know, like, what it is. And, like, yeah, it's, like, cool playing music in front of other people. But, like, it's also, like... It's, like, a way of me expressing myself. Like, I played sports. I played soccer for almost 10 years. And, like didn't really didn't really get into the mojo of things probably like the last year of my like last year of playing and it was kind of like always music's always kind of like been my mojo mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it was pretty it was pretty challenging when I was probably until probably until white t-shirt was like when I kind of well I was like things were kind of like starting to like fall in place where I was like confident didn't really care like what people thought because like it was super disheartening in like middle school and going into high school was like people didn't really understand exactly what it was mm-hmm. they didn't really understand like the whole music thing and the whole DJ and they just thought I was just like playing dubstep in like my room or like yeah. just being a weirdo listening to like music and whatnot and like mm-hmm. sticking to my thing but one thing my dad always said was um, just keep working at it and keep going because they don't know what it is but when they do it's going to pay off substantially. Mm-hmm. Like they don't know what it is right now, but when they do realize what it is, it's going to be so cool. So that was like, that's why white t-shirt, white t-shirt impacted me so much was because that was the first time that like my friends got to see what I was doing and all of like, excuse me. And all of my best friends were like front row and they like got to see like what I was like, what I've been like spending so much time like working on and like, mm-hmm kind of like putting everything into it um and it was like it was really it was like pretty pretty cool to like have that experience and like see them like go like oh this is like what he's been doing yeah so it was like it was really cool Mm -hmm. and another thing that happened was my my grandma was coming to pick me up after the set and she came about like 10 minutes after the show started and she just like stood outside of the gates and was just watching and then like some girl was like hey like are you trying to like come in she's like no i'm watching just waiting for my grandson and she's like oh like who's your grandson she's like oh that's him (laughs) and then she's like what and then like three girls came up to my grandma like asking for my grandma's autograph and she was like what is going on and then uh, that was like kind of the first time because my grandma like obviously grandparents like parents want to support you and everything but they kind of don't really know like obviously sports they can come to like sports events and like oh like wow like Johnny scored such a great goal yeah. like way to go way to go and it's kind of like grandparents don't really know like what it really is mm-hmm. and like sometimes parents don't really know what it is and then when she saw that that was kind of like the first aha for her too it was kind of like so this is what he's kind of like yeah. this is his type of thing yeah. so it was like it was pretty it was pretty special and then 
how that gig actually happened was I messaged um, student union events and emailed them. I was like, hey, like, are there any spots open for Frosh? And they're like, yeah, no, like, sorry, man, like, maybe we'll get you in next year. And then, like, a couple of days later, I got an email back saying, um, hey, we have, like, a, we have a student slot available for, like, 45 minutes. This is for a white t-shirt. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, like, this is the pay, this is the rate, and it's 45 minutes um, at 8 o'clock. Like, do you want it or do you, like, do you want in? And I, like, responded. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'd love to. And they're like, okay, cool. And then, um, like, right after I performed, I got off stage and Ali, like, the president of UBCO at the time was standing there. And he was like, dude, he's like, I didn't even expect that. He was like, that was nuts. He's like, dude, we have to give you a software frosh. And he, like, gave me a huge hug. And I was like, what? And then my my buddy Flynn was standing right beside me. He was like, what? <laughs> and we were just, like, stood there. We're like, whoa. And then uh, that was the first instance where I, like, kind of, like, realized that, like, this is, like, this is something I really, like, want to do. And this is, like, something I really want to spend some time doing and, like, putting some thought into it. Because, like, that feeling of, like, plugging in the... the like plugging in and like selecting that first song and like queuing it up and pressing play on like the big speakers and like that feeling that it gives like back at the back of your neck is just like cannot be replicated. I don't even know what it's like. Like ASMR. even like <laughs> Yeah, and, like especially too like with like the Chambla stage and like how like how powerful the speakers are and it's like it's so cool being in the crowd for those things, but you don't even know what it's like being up there. It's 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 on a whole nother level of like, it's like not even like, oh, like I'm the king and like kind of thing. It's just like the way like music and air like feels on you, like while you're like playing that, it's just like, it can't be replicated. It's so, it's so cool. That is incredible. No, that is absolutely insane. And it just to kind of refer back to when you said, it's kind of like that aha moment for a lot of those people. I, I think that's, that's such a special moment to obviously have happen for like everyone around you, but also like more so for yourself. Cause it's, it's like when it all pays off and obviously there's like, once it all pays off, there's still more to come. Right. And there's always more that can come out of it, mm-hmm. but it's still like that little, that, that aha moment is what really drives you to keep moving in like in the direction that you're going. And I think, like, I wish I was there to see you perform because that would have made this, like, all the more, like, even cooler because just sitting down, and, like, obviously, like I was telling you earlier, I did listen to, like, some of the, the summer sets and stuff, and but, like, to actually see you on stage and just to hear these, like, really hear these stories, like, I just, I can't imagine. Like, when you explain it, it's like, oh, my gosh, like, I can picture it all in my head, but you still, like nobody will know yeah, that feeling right yeah like like you said it just gets gives you goosebumps gives you like the tingles down your neck and it's like i i don't know that feeling i know, may have that feeling for different things but i probably won't hey you know what actually no maybe i will stand on stage one time yeah. like with you and just yeah, stand there that I, I think it'll be so fun but no it's yeah it's pretty amazing and just to hear all of those little stories is incredible and it's what makes these podcasts cool it's what makes these conversations cool is because this is like your life this is stuff that you've actually experienced and like you're here to tell the tale which is incredible but you also do have another side to it all and it leads into like when you were when we sat down we talked about kind of like the success that you've had but also kind of that personality that some artists have and some creators have and you openly speak about or basically you openly said that you do not have that exact same mindset you are like basically 100% different and you are very humble with everything and it's proven to me like you've proven that 100% yeah and like we all like obviously there's like instances where like obviously after those situations like you think like you're the king and like yeah I've like ran myself ran my head into the wall of like the whole like the whole ego battle and I still do it mm-hmm. everyone does 
but um, it's re- it's pretty it's a really hard challenge to like separate the two because like at the end of the day you're a dude plugging in a USB and playing music for people mm-hmm. and you're making like good money from it and like obviously that's something to fill your ego about because it's easy but it isn't but it like it's it like it looks easy so it's like mm-hmm. a very easy way to like fill your ego and get that like that ego boost mm-hmm. yeah so it's like really it's it's uh it's something all artists have to face is like splitting that ego from excuse me um splitting the ego from the soul in that kind of sense and like mm-hmm. are you doing it out of ego or are you doing it like out of soul and like wanting to create and like obviously the two have to like you have to have some confidence within yourself you can't go up there and be super naive and like kind of like be like oh is this gonna work like you have to go up there and you have to like be like yeah this is what's happening mm-hmm. so um you have to have a little bit of ego in you to like actually go up there and like crush it Mm-hmm. what changed everything for you though like what was the what was the your aha moment even to take it from obviously acknowledging like that you have to have confidence but also not letting your ego basically alter who you actually are like what was that what was the moment that really changed it all for you and didn't allow you to go down that kind of that that path that a lot of artists seem to go down where they think they're better than the world <laughs> I would say um, a big a big thing would be like self worth is like everyone has everyone has an issue with self worth. It's like am I good enough to do this? And it's like if you know that you're good enough to do it, or like let's say um, for like DJing example, if you get offered like a really good time slot, or if you get offered like a good like a a contract for like a big festival, is like, like you like you get into your head and you're like am I worth it like do you think do like do I like deserve that mm-hmm. and I feel like if you are confident and you are like working at doing your thing and like and doing it like for like good intentions um when you like kind of get a grip on the whole self-worth thing and be like yeah like I do deserve that like I have been working at this like mm-hmm. I do deserve this opportunity I feel like that's where like you take your like career to the next level is like knowing that you're worth it because everyone's worth it and like but like you can't tell people that like yeah you're worth it like yeah. your parents and your family will be like yeah you're worth it like no you have to like find it within yourself to yeah. like be like yeah I actually like physically mentally and emotionally deserve it so mm-hmm. um, 100% I would say that's a big factor yeah no 100% have you ever has your uh, have you ever had to like learn that the hard way though has your ego ever kind of taken over and almost even taken stuff from you I I'm thinking of a story that you told me, but uh, yeah, has your ego ever just kind of taken, taking control? And, oh, definitely. Uh, like the little nip- things <laughs> of like wondering, like telling telling the promoter, like telling the people designing the poster, like, hey, make my logo bigger, make that other guy <laughs> smaller. You know what I mean? It's like those like little like those little things really like kind of like drive you. It's like yeah, I'm like I'm the guy. Like make my make me look better than the other guy. Mm-hmm. But it's like really like not a lot of artists um, know like how it is to like feel like that you're like the smaller guy like the little guy and I know what it's like to have to feel like those both things so I know what it's like to feel equal and like feel good enough with those with the um, with the artists and I feel um, when you get to like a level playing ground would be like the best way to say like a level playing ground that like everyone's human you know Mm -hmm. like obviously your logo is not going to be as big as like Skrillex Zed or like those yeah. huge artists, but like seeing your name on a poster with those artists is like, it's crazy to see. Yeah. Like even if like, even though it is so small, but like you see that like you're on that echelon with them, it's mm-hmm. just like, it's so empowering and it like keeps you want to like go do more and more. You know what Yeah. hundred percent. No, that's amazing. Um, kind of tell us, tell us the little story about the year after you performed at Shambhala. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I have this constant inner battle with myself. It's um, easiest way to say it is like doing things now and not doing them later. Like for instance, it could be like picking up something like you, let's say you like clean the kitchen. There's like, you sweep the floor and there's still like some dirt in the corner. You're like, Oh no, I'll like, I'll do that later. It's like, or, um, yeah, like those little things and, or 
you fold laundry and you like leave a hanger on your floor like there's a shirt that's like thrown in the corner or like a sock or something like that and you're like no i'll like, do it later it's like no like doing those things now is like is a big like empowering boost in a good way to like say that was going into um getting booked into shambhala was i was in that mindset of doing things now and like it's just like it may be different for some people but like those little things that like give you kind of like a given boost throughout the day like picking little things up throwing them out or like doing like finishing that thing to like so then you're not like it's like a kind of like a commitment if like you say you're going to do it later now you have to do it later you know what i mean mm-hmm. so um getting into that mindset of just finishing things and just getting them done and out of the way is kind of like oh like you have a little <laughs> yeah. jump in your skip you're like oh i finished that it's like completion it's like mm-hmm. gratification for something and one thing that was like super hard on me was um after getting booked for Shambhala, like that was the first kind of like ego battle I've had, had with my that I've had with myself was like, oh, I played this festival, I played that, so like I deserve that, or I deserve this, or I deserve that. So the entire year following up that performance was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna play that next year, like I get to play that. Oh yeah, like my friends would be asking, are you gonna be playing this year? I'm like, oh yeah, easy, for sure. And then I got, I kind of fell out of that mindset of like doing things that not doing them things now and doing them later and kind of like pushing things to the side because I like had this like inflated ego with myself about like yeah like I deserve this it was kind of like a fake self-worth kind of thing and then that year when the when the lineups released and the stage lineups released and my name wasn't on there it was kind of like oh like maybe I don't deserve this you know what I mean so it's kind of like an inner battle with yourself about like do you deserve it or like do you not and then for instance the following year I went back to that old mindset and was like yeah I'm going to do things now and not do things later and like I'm going to work at like finishing things and just getting them out of the way so that I don't have to make that commitment with myself about doing them later and just like so mm-hmm. it's kind of relieving and um, and that those like those little bumps of like gratification really, like really help you and that entire year after I was like yeah like I deserve this but like I gotta put the work in to like do a good job and like mm-hmm. show that I actually do deserve it and like put it put in that work and the next year I got booked again for Shambhala and that was be- and like I this is how I believe it to be was like because I have this game with myself of not doing things later and just getting them done now and out of the way even if it's like the littlest things like picking up a piece of garbage and throwing them in the garbage or mm-hmm. seeing a cart in the parking lot just putting it back like those like little mm-hmm. things I have with myself and it's like making those commitments and like just getting them done and out of the way and it's pretty funny like the first year getting bucked and then having that ego battle with myself and uh, and like saying like yeah like this is I'm I'm gonna be doing this and I'm gonna be doing that it's like making commitments that you can't stand by it's like making those commitments like talking before things happen and then like the next year when I got booked I didn't tell I didn't tell a single person until the day before the lineup came out until I was editing my artist thing on, um, on Photoshop and my dad saw it and was like, what? He's like, you're playing? I was like, yeah. And he's like, you didn't tell me? I was like, no. And like practicing not talking about things before they happen is something that I run into daily. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can almost guarantee if I talk about something before it happens and hype it up and like plan all this stuff going into it, it's not going to go how I want it to go. Mm-hmm. But if I just like sit in that feeling and like use that feeling to like get me through the days of like leading up to it and like use that like anticipation, that excitement to like do a good job throughout like my daily life, it like pays off immensely instead of like talking about it and like just filling the ego with like, oh, I'm doing this cool stuff or I'm doing that cool stuff. It's kind of like, sitting in that feeling and not talking about it like also like helps your mind at ease because it's like you're not committing to all mm-hmm. these people that you're going to do such great things you know what I mean mm-hmm. so it's like super relie- relieving when you like just like show up and you haven't talked about it and you maybe have like told one or two people and that's it and it's just like making those commitments is like so draining on your energy at the end of the day so that's why I have like those two is like not talking about things before they happen mm-hmm. and two like finishing things now not later and like having those like commitments like on on your shoulders at the end of the day mm-hmm. no 100% yeah it's, it's amazing it's an amazing mindset to have and even like for myself that's something I am constantly constantly doing too is just like it's kind of like processing before you speak so yeah. for 
me, there's so many times, like I catch myself all the time. And I think that's something that's so important with ego is ego isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think you have to have an ego because again, it like it does, it keeps you confident and it obviously, but at the same time, like it, it kind of counteracts with itself. So it acts as a very positive. And by that, I mean, when your ego is telling you like, yeah, go share all this great news. But then you have like that other part of you that says, no, like keep it to yourself. So it's like your ego is technically keeping you in check. Cause when you fight against your ego, it's like, yeah, you know what? I like, damn, yeah, like give myself a pat on the back. Like I kept that quiet. And yeah, it's something to be proud of yourself for. Exactly. hundred percent. So it adds on to that excitement. Exactly. And it, it honestly, like it humbles you a lot and it, it, it really just, it really does set you up for success. Like in all aspects of life, if you, how like if you have a very humble basically a humble personality and you go about you and just be like proud of yourself for what you've accomplished but don't rub it into everyone's face and don't scream your successes at the top of your lungs to everyone or maybe even like that situation like before they happen and everyone's done it i've done it multiple times and yeah and like you have to swallow your words and it sucks and i think I think it's important to really acknowledge some of those things. And even I was telling somebody the other day, I was, came upstairs, <laughs> so funny. So I come upstairs and I was like telling my mom that I just had a five minute cold, or like I just had a 30 minute cold bath. And she was like, she's like, oh, like, why did you do that? Whatever. And I told her, and then I kind of thought about it afterwards. And I was like, what was the purpose? of me telling her that I did that. Like, why can't I do that in silence? Like, yeah, it's something that like feels good and it's something that's like beneficial for myself. But it's the same as when people go to the gym, like they always have to like tell everyone or post it everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I'm not judging people that do do that, but it's because like I know people that post that and it's like, they're really proud of themselves. So there's nothing wrong with posting that. But there's other times when people just post it because they want it to seem like they're doing a good job. Yeah. Or they're, and you even, you see it with so many people that are traveling. Like I did it. I'm very open about it, but like I posted to make it seem like I was having the best time of my whole entire life when I was actually battling a lot of inner demons. So it's, there's so many different things. And I just, I think your ego is something that is very good, but also like you got to keep it in check and you got to make sure like, know what you're doing with them know exactly who you are and it's another thing is like figuring out who you are and like what drives you what motivates you but even more so like what type of person do you want to be at the end of the day or or even at like the end of your life like what do you want to be able to say that you did or who do you like how many people do you want to show up at your funeral like and it all comes down with basically how you present yourself now and that's why I think just the way that you approach the whole entire music scene and performance scene is incredible because it actually just proves of what type of person you are. I've said that like multiple times, but it's it's like it's true and it's something that you should be like very proud of and humbled for because like that's you and that's like you're transparent and open with who you are and you're not putting on this big face front, you're just like you're Cole. They call me Cole. That's who you are, right? Yeah. Which is amazing. Um, but I do want to shift the topic a little bit. And this is going to... This, I think, you even spoke about with your ego. And it coincides. And um, psychedelics. Psychedelics are something that I speak a lot. I, I guess more so recently. But definitely studied them a heck of a lot taking psychedelics myself into them, interested in them. They benefit mental health. They benefit so many things, but there's always this negative, negative notion around them. And everyone looks at them as like these crazy drugs that make you psycho and make you go to the psych ward. And it's like not true at all. But, um, no, you taught, you spoke openly about psychedelics and your ego. Yeah. So, Kind of explain that for people that are listening. I, um, and then I'll jump in as well. Like yeah. this is where do you want me to start? What was where do you want to start? Um <laughs> maybe explain the story that you told me. 
about that one time when you just like it was kind of like this big almost like life epiphany and yeah. it was like it shaped yeah. you and so um, first time I kind of did my big first dose of psychedelics I was in grade 11 um, our friends were moving out of town and we they were having like a little uh, kind of like people were going I don't even know what you call it when you go to like someone's house and like it's like a, like a going away party sort of yeah, thing yeah. where like all their shit's packed up in boxes yeah, yeah. and then you're just kind of like eating on the floor yeah there's like nothing there um, so it's like one of those instances you know yeah and uh, we're all like talking and then they were like doing some mushrooms and I was like oh like hey dad can I like try some mushrooms like, yeah go ahead I don't care and then like so they're like how much do you want to go I was like I don't know like it's my first time so they're like oh yeah take this and then one thing led to another. I didn't really feel anything. And then we were leaving the party and we went home and then my parents went to bed and I was just like watching a movie and I was like, huh. I was like, this doesn't really feel like anything. I was like, I kind of want to like see where this goes. And I knew we're like, I knew I had some mushrooms in my house, but they were in like capsule form and they were like microdose pills. Mm-hmm. And so I like went downstairs and was like, all right, so like how much would like four grams be so I ended up taking like I don't even know what the math is on that I don't want to know <laughs> I think I ended up like taking like 18 capsules or something like that Holy. and I was just like alright let's just see what happens so I go upstairs and I sit in my room and I'm like hmm I thought this was going to kick in faster so I'm like I think there's some acid downstairs <laughs> so I go downstairs I cut off a piece of it and I stick it in my mouth and I go upstairs again and I'm like just sitting there and I'm like well, I'm already this deep in. I'm like, might as well. So I go downstairs and cut another piece and I put it in my mouth. And then all of a sudden I close my door and I, it was like stepping into a Dr. Seuss novel. Like Jeez. I like sit down, I was sitting down on my bed. I look outside. It's like probably like 11 or 12 and it's like literally like purple. The trees are like orange. And I was like, I really, I literally feel like I'm literally in the Lorax. <laughs> and I was like, this is wild. And then like all of a sudden I was like, his like feelings were like, like, coming over me and I was just like remembering certain things and I like started like texting people I started messaging people on Snapchat I hadn't talked to in like two or three years and I just started like like people I was like being a dick to in like middle school and like kind of like elementary school and like was like hey like was I a dick to you and they're like no not really like I could tell that like maybe you were like figuring something out but like no I don't think mm-hmm. so and I was like yeah like I apologize for that like I'm sorry and I, like, started, like, talking to people that I hadn't talked to in years. and was like, hey, man, like, how are you doing? Like, and, like, it's great when people are like, hey, like, oh, my God, how are you doing? But it's, like, it's another step of, like, how are you doing? You know what I mean? It's, like, actually, like, caring about, like, what they want to say. So I, like, started messaging these people. and was like, hey, like, if I was ever mean to you, like, I'm sorry that I did that. And was like, mm-hmm. I apologize. And was like, yeah, sorry if I was, like, being a dick. And, like... And then, like, as, like, the, like, psychedelics started, like, turning, like, the, like, the wheels in my brain, I, like, started, like, feeling these, like, these, these things and was, like, kind of, like, whoa, like, this is, like, like, this feels super weird, like, my stomach with, like, the mushrooms was going up and down, but then, like, the acid was kind of, like, the visuals were kind of, like, getting trippy and, like, it was, like, kind of, like, a whirlwind of emotions and then, like, all of a sudden I'm laying down in my bed and, like, I close my eyes and, like, I saw myself get born. It was, like, it was, it was the trippiest thing I've ever seen. And it was like, I saw myself come out of my mother and like, and like saw myself in the operating room. And I was like, whoa, this is like super trippy. And then, um, something also triggered. It was like, uh, when I was around, I want to say like nine, eight or nine, I think I was in like grade four, grade, yeah, maybe grade three. And, um, my dad was doing stone mason at the time. was like working out of town and I had this babysitter and, uh, and excuse me and she would take care of me for like she was taking care of me for like maybe like three months at a time and then my dad would come back for a bit and then stay with him so I was with her and I would sleep in her bed with her and then she would take me to school blah 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 and then I remembered um, laying in her bed and I remember like I was like it was like a straight epiphany of like this was happening like while I was high and like under like under the like dose of like the mushrooms and the acid I remembered I was like I've always wondered like why music was kind of like my thing and like kind of like my escape and I, I was laying there and I remember like this babysitter like touching me and like kind of like I'm not I would say molest would be kind of like too strong of a word but like mm-hmm. kind of like 
caressing me, but like in like an inappropriate way in a, in a sense. And it was yeah. kind of like, oh, like this is super uncomfortable for me. Like, like what? Like I don't even really know what this is. And she had, I remember like she would have like music playing in the background, usually like Black Eyed Peas or something like that at the time. And I remember like while this was like super uncomfortable for me, I like remember like basically silencing out the entire room and just like silencing out to the music and was kind of like that's what kind of like made me comfortable and was like kind of like my escape was like the music was in the background while these like dark weird things were happening and I realized in my bed that like why music is so like potent for me and like why it's like such an escape from reality sort of thing is because it was like that's what kind of got me through my shit when I was a kid and like kind of like that was my escape was music and it always has been and like while I was like in my bedroom like realizing this I was like in, I was having like tears of like not even like sadness but it was kind of like relief I was like whoa like this makes so much sense mm-hmm. if that like makes any sense yeah. I was like whoa like this is like so powerful that like we don't even remember this and like this substance can like click something in your brain that like triggers that emotion and you can like realize that like that like your brain remembers all this but it's so backlogged and it's such it's shoved so deep that like and then when that actually like finally comes out and you're like whoa it's like this is what I was kind of like not I would say like almost like born to do is kind of like this is this is what like God gave me that mm-hmm. that piece to like use that as like my not really like my my coping mechanism but kind of like it makes me comfortable mm-hmm. it's like a comfortability versus like food like I've struggled with food all like growing up in my life and I feel like everyone kind of has like a battle with food especially mm-hmm. like if you eat you don't eat you eat too much you don't eat enough um, and I've struggled with that when I was younger too and it was either like food or the music and I kind of always like wandered over to the music and especially like when I was younger I want I wandered over to the food because I wasn't sure like until I had this like big epiphany it was kind of like oh like why do I feel like this and when I'm uncomfortable I'm just gonna eat and then after especially after that whole incident I was like I'm gonna like put the food aside and like kind of like put my focus more into the music aspect and be like and use that as a natural coping mechanism versus like shoving my face full of food and feeling full mm-hmm. and not having to like digest those feelings if that makes any sense mm-hmm. so um yeah like that's another reason why I wanted to like share this with this podcast and like with you Lucas was like the music industry is like is people expressing themselves and like that's like their art but I feel like it's more for me it's like it was my escape it was like my coping mechanism as a child from my childhood trauma was like music and that's like why I have such like a strong like will to do it and like why it makes me feel so good and why I don't need like alcohol and drugs to like give me happiness just because like that's what gave me happiness when I was younger Mm -hmm. and um that's why I want to do this is because it actually gives me such like a a good feeling and like such a nice like satisfaction because that's what I used as like a mechanism when I was a child and like that's why I like wanted to work so hard and do things kind of outside the box and like do my own spin on it because like that's how much impact it has on me for sure yeah Yeah, no and I'm gonna have a couple little spin-offs to this but I think it's like anything um like really and I think it's so important like when people talk about like this is such a typical phrase gets chucked around but um, people say like you have to love what you do or else you're gonna like basically hate your life right and I think when you have such a deep connection to it like for me what drives me to do this podcast what drove me to create all of this stuff was my own story and the shit that I went through and the good the bad and the ugly and it drew like I always said for the longest time, I always, always said that I want to do something that is surrounded basically in the ballpark of mental health. Like, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but like, I want to do it because I'm passionate about it. And I feel like people need to hear the stuff that I have to say. 
And then when I found out like this way, it, no part of it has felt like a job in any which way. Like when I have to sit down and I have to edit videos or talk to different people or film podcasts, like it's what I love to do. Like I love sitting here. Like you've been with me for the past like two hours and I think I've smiled and laughed and been a fucking ball of joy the whole entire time. But it's like, this is what I love to do and it's, it's fun and you can see the passion in somebody's eyes and hear it in their voice when you, they're genuinely passionate about it. And I think their past stories, like your story, it, it's just proof that like, this is something that's a part of you. It's not just a hobby. It's not just something that like you kind of picked up. Like, yeah, obviously you had to work at it and you had to put in your time and effort, but it's something that's like more so ingrained in your past and ingrained in who you actually truly are and when you tell your story it's like this is a part of me like when at the end of the day you tell your success story it's like yeah this is where it stemmed from yeah. it's like shit like wow that is amazing mm -hmm. and that's technically like what I have always looked at with my own stuff as well as like at the end of the day I want to say like I created this because of my own struggles that I encountered and the own, my own stuff that I went through. And I think it's, it's so important to speak up about that stuff and to be super vulnerable and very, very transparent with your story and who you are. And obviously everyone's not like that, but when you can be like that, it inspires so many others to like follow their passions and at least just be like open with the stuff that they're encountering and feeling. And yeah, I mean, could go on with that, but, um, I think even just getting back to the, the psychedelic part, I think what is so interesting is like we, we hear about it a lot more nowadays, um, but there's all these studies with like PTSD and all forms of mental health struggles and the, the ways that it's kind of helped people. And I think that's what's so interesting is because like you said, it you took your you basically went to a hierarchy of reality where you took yourself like out of the norm, essentially the norm, yeah. just what we are uh, yeah. like accustomed to. Good way to say it's like the blinders. Exactly. You took the blinders off and now you're open to everything. And I think that's what's so interesting though, is that how it dug out that part of you that you never even really realized and knew. And I think that's what's amazing and that's actually how it allows you to overcome some of that stuff. Like for so many people, they act a certain way or they do a certain thing or they have certain struggles, but they don't know why and they can't even pinpoint it. And I've had multiple people on this podcast where they constantly talk about, well, I've buried this so deep within, like it's hard to remember. Yeah. And so it's like when you take these psychedelics, what, you, what you're doing is you're just laying all your shit out on the floor and it's like, oh that's why I feel this way and it's it's like why would you why would you not want to do that or why would you diss it so much and be so against it and think of it in such a poor way when in reality you don't know anything about it mm -hmm. and it's like when you have conversations like this with people and that's why I always like having conversations like this with people it's because like my psychedelic experiences aren't the same as your psychedelic experiences but like everyone's are different mm -hmm. and I think it's so important that we actually just like open up our minds and start trying new things. And like for me, as much as I have loved going and seeking professional help, at the same time, it's like... That help is it within. Yeah. It just needs a little... Exactly. And that's exactly how I look at it. It's like, why would I... Like you hear this, this phrase has been... I don't know how many times I've heard this in different, like, seen it in books, read it, heard it in podcasts, everywhere. And it's like, why would I, why would I turn down something that could fix something within me in 10 hours that would take 10 years of therapy to fix? It's like, why, why would you turn that down? <laughs> There's no reason for it other than like, it's, it's almost like, yeah, exactly. It's the big it's, thing is like scary. why people like don't want to do it because it's like, everything it's not like it doesn't hide anything mm -hmm. it like show it lays everything out on the table it's like that 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 yeah and it's like i feel like a lot of people are like that's why a lot of people have this like stigma around psychedelics is because it's like 
it's going to show you what's up and it's going to serve you and it's going to be like, yeah, this is like, it's, it's pretty real. Mm-hmm. Like some people have a lot of tough time, like becoming real with themselves and they'll be mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is like, I need to work on that. And like some people like don't want to work on that. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's why they lean to the therapy side or they lean to like not really uncovering, uncovering those things. And like, that's like, sometimes people need to like slowly work at things, but like I have the personality of like doing something and like having such a hard reset that like everything is on the table and you're like, yeah, I need to work on that, work on that, work on that and like choose what to work on mm-hmm. versus like dwindling into like the little things and like in the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And it, it even comes back to that ego thing and people that you hear it so often with people that take ayahuasca and I mean, you've, you've taken it, you know, you said you didn't necessarily recall um, everything from it, but that's a very common thing that comes out of ayahuasca is People talk about how it crushes your ego. Yeah. It makes you it makes you see it in a totally yeah. makes you almost see yourself in a totally different light and it's it's like, well, goodbye ego. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like the child yourself. of like the earth and it kinda like puts you like your back back into perspective sorry, perspective yeah. of uh, of life and like it like it's super humbling. Mm-hmm. So one hundred percent, yeah. And I yeah, I think like personally another reason why I'm so intrigued by psychedelics and why I obviously like these is because for people that are listening, like it's just, it's another resource. Like all resources don't have to come from the internet and from different professionals and yeah. from like college degrees. <laughs> they, they can come from plants that grow out of the ground or and it can come. You need. Yeah. Like it is, it's bizarre. And yeah, I think like for me anyways, I, I'm a big advocate for psychedelics. I think I will always be. I hope I always am because something natural and like it's not like you're going out on the weekends and ripping lines of coke with your friends in the bathroom just to hide all of your insecurities. Ten minutes of satisfaction. Yeah, like that's not what it is. It's an actual like therapeutic session and there is like therapy retreats. There is like really professional ways to do all these psychedelics. So people think it's just like this party drug or like a recreational drug or like for any form of psychedelics, like it's not the case at all. And that's why, again, it's, it's important that we start normalizing these topics as well, because again, it's another resource and it's something that can definitely benefit a lot of people. And yeah, there will be a lot of people that listen to this and they probably won't try psychedelics, but there will be a, a lot of people as well that'll listen to it and be like, maybe, 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 yeah, maybe. And that's honestly like, that's a start. That's how I always was. I didn't know anything about them. And then I started researching and started learning more. And then I dipped into psychedelics myself and tried like psilocybin mushrooms and they were done them, I don't know, eight times now or something like that. And it's every time is like a different experience and you, yeah, I've had like scary experiences on them, but they always turn out like good in the end and you learn something and it's, common phrase as well within psychedelics is like there's no such thing as a bad trip it's just a learning experience and it's, it's a learning trip yeah exactly yeah. and it's so true and okay so for those of you that are watching obviously you've seen that the frame just cut out we made a mad dash for the bathroom at the same time <laughs> just that's things that happen here and that's all part of it that's mm-hmm. i mean like who cares it's transparency and um but what i was going to say is that before we kind of wrap everything up, I, I think obviously like I always ask in every single podcast for a couple things. And one of them is for you, like what advice or like what piece of advice or like your best piece of advice would you give to somebody that may struggle or has struggled? Like what would be that one like key tip of advice that you'd have for someone? Yeah. I touched base on it in the beginning. Um, I would say, it may not work for you, but it really, it really works for me. Is like doing things now and not doing them later. Mm-hmm. It's a big one. Um, just like those little things. That's mm-hmm. like that's just what I do. Um, and finding something that you're passionate about, like even if it's school, like or working to get that like that job, that dream job that you want, or like working towards setting yourself up for life to have something that you're passionate about. Um, is going to benefit you huge in the long run but even like something that you're not passionate about that like even maybe you say you're passionate about money and you have a job that makes that like mm-hmm. go for it um and a big thing that like i tell everyone that i'm close with um 
and a motto that I really stand by is like trust the process like it's all gonna like it's all gonna work out and yeah in the long run like if you put in that work and if you want to do something and if you want to make something like happen mm-hmm. just trust the process and like just believe that it's gonna happen mm-hmm. no 100 percent. yeah even like just kind of go off on that a little bit i think um i think with anything like anytime you start something it <laughs> you you definitely battle some some inner thoughts and some self-doubt and um especially when like one of the things that I've noticed and this, it almost even comes back to that ego point and kind of keeping some stuff to yourself because like for me, when I have stuff that's exciting, the, and I think with everyone, like the first thing you want to do is share it. Like you want to tell someone, but the hard part is, is that they don't share that same excitement. Like they don't understand it fully. So when you tell someone, you obviously go in there expecting that they're going to react in the exact same way that you did. But it's not the case and it, it can, it can really make you question some stuff. And that's where you almost have to like be, you have to be so mentally strong and to the point where if they don't react the same way, you can't question like anything. Like you just have to be like, I was happy for a reason. So like, I need to stick on it. This is something that's good. This is something that's positive and acknowledge that not everyone's going to think in the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's life. Like not it's everyone's, exactly. It's the way of the road there, bubs. Yeah. <laughs> trailer park boys. Um, no, I, I honestly, you have to be so mentally sound within yourself. And if you're not, it, it will honestly, like you'll find that your passion for certain things will deteriorate and your drive to do anything and even just like that constant state of ambition might start to fade a little bit. And, but if you constantly are like keeping up with yourself and keeping yourself positive and making sure that you're pushing forward, like, yeah, there's going to be bumps in the roads. There's going to be some like fa- failures. I don't like, I don't necessarily like saying failures because it's just learning curves. Yeah. Like you never learning experience. Exactly. That's all it is. And it's the same as when people talk about how they've had, they've tried businesses, but they've failed. And it's like, yeah, maybe they did crumble, but at the same time, like think about how much you learned in that experience. And so that's the biggest thing is like going through all of this. You obviously, you learn a lot about the field of work that you're in and all this time and effort that it takes to actually like succeed. But more so you also learn a lot about kind of the people around you as well. And that's something that not everyone really talks about for me doing all of this. Like I've gotten to see who like my real people are and your real support system, a hundred percent. And that is, it's not always fun acknowledging that, like, to be honest, and I'm sure you've seen the exact same thing. You talked about it a bit at the start with just like performing and stuff. And that's hard because you're they, putting yourself out there. Exactly. And, and they like do. The will, at the will of people. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like if you're getting hated on, you're probably doing a good job. Seriously. And they always, like, and they say it, like, the road to success is kind of a very lonely road. And it is true. Um, I'm not saying, like, for anyone that's here and listening and talk about this, like, I'm not saying that you have to cut every single last person out of your life, but it does become hard because you really need to, like, think about what's like every single day is kind of like what's going to put me what's going to your goal. exactly and like your your close circle like who you surround like I cannot stress this enough who you surround yourself with is who you are 100% and like that sets you up for your goal success it doesn't matter if you have like a group of 200 people 20 people 10 people or two people like if like everyone's on board and like everyone's like furthering themselves and becoming the best mm-hmm. version of themselves than you are too. 100%. Yeah. I couldn't have said it any better. And honestly, if I'm being honest, I think that's a pretty damn good way to end, end off the podcast. But uh, if somebody does want to reach out to you, somebody wants to check you out and see all the stuff that you are doing, where where's the best way that they could actually find you? Um, Instagram, Facebook, um, all my like social media platforms and everything. So all going to be, um, they call me Cole. Um, and... K-O-L. K-O-L. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, for the most part, every single thing that like I've all social media platforms is going to be that. And then, uh, I'm always willing to talk to people and grab a coffee and just talk life and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. Great person to talk to. Yeah. I feel like a good, like something to be, I've even ran into people talking about, um, like it's so intimidating, like wanting to like reach out to someone. It's like, do it. Just do it. hundred percent. Just reach out. That's why we're sitting here today. That's why we're, that's why I, I feel like we built a solid relationship in the one week that we've known each other. We've like, we've texted like five to seven days. So it, yeah, it's no, it's, it's really cool. And it, it does, it truly does change your life. Like when you can just, when you reach out to somebody, like you don't know how they're going to impact your life. Yeah. But if you don't reach out to them, you know exactly how they're going to impact your life. They're not going to be a part of it. You never know until you try. 100%. 100%. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show to create strength podcast. Of course. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of struggle Create strength. If you want to reach out to Colton or have some vulnerable conversations with him, be sure to check him out. I'll leave all of his information down below. Also, if you want to reach me or come on the podcast, you're more than welcome to at struggle Create strength on both Instagram and Facebook. You can also reach me on my website at strugglecreatestrength.com. All podcasts are posted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and additional posts are posted on Instagram as well. I first and foremost just want to thank everyone who does continue to share all the Struggle Create Strength podcasts and posts on their social media and tagging Struggle Create Strength. Although it really doesn't seem like a lot, it truly does make the biggest difference and it allows the platform to grow, which ultimately leads to helping more people. Also, a big thank you to everyone who does leave ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts as it helps boost this podcast in the algorithm, which then leads, again, to helping more people. Thanks so much. I hope everyone has a great day. And just remember that everyone has a story.